but a strategy doesn't have to be complicated. I base all of my client strategies on three words and everyone's heard me say this, but it's consistency, variety, and balance. It's posting consistently and give it, you know, having some, some regular content pillars so that you're not posting about, you know, all kinds of different things. And if you're, you're not posting about real estate one day and car mechanics the next day, mm-hmm. you're posting about the same sort of types of things. You found the Real Estate Law Podcast. Because real estate is more than just pretty pictures, and law goes well beyond the paperwork and courtroom arguments. If you're a real estate professional or looking to build real estate expertise, then welcome to the conversation and discover more at realestatelawpodcast.com. Welcome to the Real Estate Law Podcast, and we're here with an amazing guest this week. We're super excited for this episode. I'm here with Rory Gill, who we're excited that he's here too, but he's always here. Hi, Rory. Hey, Jason. I'm also very excited about today's conversation. I think it's going to be a good one. <laughs> Rory is with Next Home Titletown Real Estate and Urban Village Legal in Boston, and we have an amazing guest. We have the one and only Maris Callahan from The Social Broker. Hi, Maris. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. This is, I'm super excited for this conversation. I've been looking forward to it. I know that we we tried it a couple weeks ago in our schedules. We're just talking about how technology failed both of us. And I was super bummed out. And I'm like, oh, she's going to bail on us. But I'm like, no, Maris isn't because she's going to come through. And sure enough, we got you back on the calendar. So Maris is with, am I saying your name right, Maris? Yeah. You are, yeah. I feel like we're friends, but we've never met in person. You know? Well, I thought about that as you were queuing me up. I thought, mm. I don't know if we've ever said, you know, spoken live and a lot of people butcher my name, so it's no problem. <laughs> we've we've spoken on clubhouses back when that was kind of a thing earlier in the year. And I realize it's still around, but like we jumped on a couple together and I think you brought me on the stage and I just talked my ear off or your ear <laughs> off. I want to tell the story how I found The Social Broker, okay? And it's probably a story you've heard a ton, right? The Social Broker, Maris knows everything about social media that you can imagine. And she she specialized in the real estate space. So, you know, I'm giving you an intro. I'm sure I'm going to bungle something up. But like, I was going through, and and it's probably not a, a secret that I am very involved in the Next Home Titletown Real Estate social media account. Rory will probably be the first person to tell lots of people mm-hmm. that I kind of manage it. And it's not my full-time job. Like I have a full-time job and I do this like when I wake up early in the morning and stuff at night and every so often, you know, I'll, I'll post something throughout the day, but Hootsuite's great for that. Um, so I was going through and trying to re-engage with people on uh, Rory's account. Um, like literally like see who the folks are that we followed and, you know, if they're following us back and what have you. And I, I had something that was able to like export the whole list of people that we were following and I you know, it's probably one of those weird apps that you probably shouldn't be using. Uh, so I was looking in a big CSV file. I sorted it alphabetically. I actually took the time to do this. And I found my way over, you know, I was down in the T's for the social broker. And I went to your account and I'm like, oh, I remember this account. I remember where I followed it, but like I hadn't really engaged with the account at all. So I, I started digging more into what you offered. And it was legitimately exactly, exactly mm. to a T what I was kind of looking for to help out jumpstart the account for next home title town real estate. And I'll let you tell, I'll let you go into like what, what that, ha- what that is, but like, yeah, I'd love know, to hear that. The very first conversation we had, I was like, wait a second, all your stuff is in Canva. Are you kidding me? And I was like, not only is it good stuff, it's like good content, great original photos, great 
copy and everything, but it's in a format that I use because I don't know Photoshop. Like I'm one of those guys that never learned it, but Canva is idiot proof. And I was like, this is great. This is literally exactly what I was looking for. So like we signed up uh, for a membership and, and have never looked back and here we are. So um, with that said, now you tell us about the social broker from your perspective. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I want to find out how you started this thing, like what your background is, like why you pivoted over into this, what, what the business is all about. So Maris, the floor is yours. Love it. Well, I love your story because you are exactly who I'm out there looking for, right? And exactly who I want to help because you're not the only person who struggles to keep up with social media among all of the demands of a busy career. And even when you are, you know, on point for the marketing for a real estate team, that can be a full-time job in itself. So I started The Social Broker almost three years ago And my goal is to really be able to help agents at all stages of their careers and at all stages of sort of their social media journeys with content and strategies that will not only help you use social media, but help you use it to actually grow in and support your business. And so I have three different ways that I typically work with agents. I have the social broker membership, which you're a part of. And that is the DIY resource. So you are getting all of the graphic design, stock photography, um, Canva templates, and caption templates that you need to post daily, although you don't necessarily need to post daily. And then you're also getting coaching and strategy from myself. People who want to take it a step further can join the next level, which I'm calling Membership Plus. And that is sort of a partially done for you. So that's where you're not totally doing it yourself. It's sort of like I'm helping you do it. I'm posting for you three times a week from the membership, taking that chunk of work off your plate so that you can focus on other things like showing up on stories, posting Instagram reels, if that's something you're doing, and really kind of doing some of that personal content that helps move the needle in a real estate agent's business. And then I also have full service plans where if you want nothing to do with social media, I can take over and do it for you soup to nuts. Mm-hmm. Social is hard. I mean, anyone can do it like, cause you could download an app and just start posting, but like to do it well and to really think it through, you know, it's challenging. It's like, I think about back in, you know, over a decade ago when blogs were big and blogs are still super important right now for um, search engine optimization. Uh, and getting found online organically. But I remember writing a blog and like, I don't even know why I started it probably just as a creative outlet. And then people started Mm -hmm. reading it and I didn't know who they were, but then I got fascinated by who they were. And then you start continuing to write and then you realize you're writing for an audience instead of for yourself. Then you're like, why am I even doing this in the first place? But you know, social for business is different because I'm a firm believer that social, just having a presence allows somebody a window into your world and what your brand is all about, what the business is all about, uh, what you know, what you stand for, and you know how you could be a little, what your tone is. Is it irreverent? Is it serious? Is it angry? As a lot of people on social media <laughs> are these days. Um, so you know it's easy to do, but impossible to do. Like I mean, like social, and I don't know how else to describe it. And, and I think people like yourself who are professionals at social media and really get the space have such an advantage because once people see the light that social is tough and they need help and they need a coach, like 
you're the type of person that you know would be a great resource for that. Well, that's great to hear. And I think you're right. You're spot on. Anyone can do social. Anyone can pick up the phone and post something to Instagram, but it's hard to do well. And when you're doing it for a brand, when you're not just, you know, sort of there's personal, you know, everyone uses it personally, right? Keep in touch with friends and family on their Mm -hmm. Facebook page. But if you're doing it for your brand and you want to be able to serve your audience and not just sort of, you know, flying by the seat of your pants, that's when you really need that strategy, that cohesive strategy. And I think some people hear the word strategy and, you know, get intimidated, which is completely, you know, understandable, but a strategy doesn't have to be complicated. I base all of my client strategies on three words and everyone's heard me say this, but it's consistency, variety, and balance. It's posting consistently and give it, you know, having some, some regular content pillars so that you're not posting about, you know, all kinds of different things. And if you're, you're not posting about real estate one day and car mechanics the next day, mm-hmm. you're posting about the same sort of types of things. Sure. It's good to mix it up. You're also posting a variety of content and content formats. Um, So you're posting consistently, but you're not just posting those listings. You're not just posting pictures of yourself. You're mixing it up and, you know, you're pulling from multiple content categories. And you're also using a variety of of video, still photos. You know, now on Instagram, you can do carousel posts and reels. So really having that, that good mix, healthy blend of content. And then balance. You want to be focused, you know, you want to be polished and professional, but you also want to show people the human behind the for sale sign. If you are all business all the time, people won't really get the sense of who you are and what sets you apart from the next agent. And that's where things like the local posts come in and the personal posts and, you know, having a podcast or having a weekly Instagram story series or something like that, where people can actually see you and get to know you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's all amazing advice. Like by no means is the presence that we have at Next Home Title Town Real Estate anywhere close to perfect, but- No, no you know, one's in. <laughs> no, I know. I mean, but we're, we're taking a, a lot of those elements and trying to integrate them in, you know, whether it's the podcast. I mean, part of, part of doing this is to build expertise and credibility and g- give great information to people who are looking for it. I mean, like, you know, mm-hmm. we have- a lot of listeners who've downloaded the podcast, which begs yeah. the question of who are these people, but you know, mm-hmm. we've, you know, we're approaching 10,000 downloads as we record this and right. that doesn't include some of the other platforms and it's providing information, but you know, providing a peek behind the curtain, I think, you know, is, is a great way to, you know, to continue your, your social media presence. And, and you mentioned it about listings, you know, so when somebody starts working with you for the first time, like, do you, what's a typical account that you see? Like, is it just their, all their listings? Because I mean, there's so many real estate people that all they do is that look, just listen, just mm-hmm. listen, just sold. It's like, right. who cares? I find that most people who come to me, they know they should be posting their listings and you should post your listings. There are schools of thought that say listings are boring. Don't post just listed banners, but look, you're in real estate. You have to do that because your clients want to see it. And even if there are more interesting ways, maybe a video tour or spotlighting a specific part of the home and telling a story, your clients might not know that. And it's not your job as a real estate agent to teach your clients how to use social media. If they want to see a beautiful glamour shot of the home, 
that's important. You're, we know mm-hmm. it's client service too. So I think there are a lot of different ways to merchandise a listing online. And of course, variety is important that you're not always just posting that same graphic and doing the same thing. But that's only one aspect of what you do is, you know, put that for sale sign up. So it's also important to take people behind the scenes and show them what it's like to be a real estate agent and to show them what it is that you do to serve and help your clients. So when a lot of people come to me, I would say the biggest issues are they don't know what to post. So they're like, well, I just post my listings and maybe some other, you know, kind of content like holiday content or, you know, they're doing the occasional local spotlight. But the other biggest issue that people bring to me is consistency. They know they have to do something, but they don't have the time to some, in some cases, even use the membership content. Um, they don't have the time to really put in the, the work that it takes to have that well-rounded presence. And they know they need to delegate out some or all of it. Yeah. The membership content, I, the first couple months that we got it, it was like a Christmas morning. It's like, oh my God, you have all this stuff that you could, you know, we can now post. And the, the rhythm that we've gotten, like, you know, we're, we're pretty transparent with everything. And this is stuff where mm-hmm. we don't even know because I just kind of do it. Um, I tend to schedule, we try to schedule many weeks in advance, you know, at least mm-hmm. the stuff that can be scheduled. Obviously, right. you know, Reels is tough. It's more of a live thing. Instagram stories you could schedule, but you can't put all the great engagement and everything on them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Instagram TV. If it's a long episode like this, I have to upload it from a desktop, but I can right. schedule it still. Right. See, I'm learning these things, but we tend to use about half the content each month that mm-hmm. you do. You know, and then we we put it into our own brand in most of it. So you know, many of your customers could just post what you have or it could be tweaked like we try to do. Uh, but yeah. we try to wrap it we try to wrap it around into the next month. So usually like, you know, I won't do like some content that might be more evergreen could kind of extend into like the following month, the first week or so mm-hmm. while we get our feet going with, you know, the, the content that you're preparing for the following month. Definitely. That's a great strategy too. And then you're not posting the same thing as other agents the same day which with the level of customization that you do wouldn't really even matter, especially knowing that, you know, everyone has different followers and most people, you know, the other thing that some people will ask me is, you know, well, I don't want to have the same content as everyone else and you don't have the same followers as everyone else. So it's really, Mm -hmm. you know, it's about you and your audience. Most of us know what other agents post because we follow a lot of other people in real estate. I follow 5,000 real estate agents, so I do see the same thing a lot. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, a lot of real estate agents follow each other to be supportive, which is great. But, you know, most people don't follow 30 realtors. They might follow two or three. Right. Rory, what's the stuff that you notice on social when you're out there scouring? Well, I see, I mean, there are a couple different varieties of, um, of postings that I see out there. You know, one... I'm friends with about a hundred other next home um, brokers. So not only do I see a lot of the same real estate posts, a lot of, I see a lot of the same branded posts over and over again. Mm-hmm. So I have to remember that that's a specific universe that we see, but I see a lot of agents either kind of falling into, you know, a few traps that, you know, even I know not to fall into one is just, just, just taking third party content and, and publishing it out there without, you know, any customization or any thought or any strategy. I see a lot of, you know, just listeds and here's our property, here's our open house, like so formulaic. And I suppose it's not detrimental, but it's a little bland to see. 
And then I see a lot of real estate agents post their own, how much money that they've made this year, kind of over and over again. And that's not my voice or something that, that I'm prone to do. So I see that sorts of content out there and, you know, begs the question, you know, are there, you know, certain posts or uh, messages that you can put out there that are, you know, actually harmful to your brand. And I don't just mean politically divisive or crazy content, but are there, you know, things that you could put out there that might bore your potential client base or just turn them off in a way that might not be obvious? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think that on the posting, just put on the just posting properties, I don't think that's going to hurt you, but it's not going to do anything for you if you want to use social in a really kind of modern and unique way. Mm-hmm. If you want to use social to grow your business, you need to have that consistency, the variety of types of content that will really help people get to know who you are and what it is that makes you different. But you do it in a way, you know, you want to do it in a way that makes it about your audience and that doesn't make it all about you. I think that there are some people who hear the, oh, you need to show your face on social media. And they take that real literal and that's all they do. <laughs> I like to say nobody wants to get stuck at you're at a cocktail party or a networking event. And in some ways, Instagram is like one big social networking event. If you're at that event, you don't want to get stuck talking to the person who only wants to talk about their work. And you don't want to get stuck talking to the person who only wants to talk about themselves. So it's important to balance the, you know, the personal posts, the posts about you with the posts about what you're doing. And the other thing that you asked, what are the types of posts that can hurt you? This, the one type of post that I think is really harmful is when agents post memes or make jokes about their clients. And I think there's a culture of, you know, sort of these agent sort of business to their B2B. They're meant for agents, but they get shared on social media by agents. And I think some people don't realize how off-putting it is to maybe share a meme where it's kind of making a crack at how many houses a buyer looked at before they found one. Because you wouldn't want to tell your client like, oh, I'm so sick of taking you around looking at houses. Why haven't you found the one yet? And sometimes the sentiment of some of these jokes can are kind of like making fun of the client. And it's one thing to share that with other agents to kind of commiserate about some of the things in the job that can be kind of stressful. But I think I see people posting those and I think, ooh, if I was their client, I wouldn't be very happy. You know, I've certainly had frustrations being in client service in the past. I don't take those to social media because my brand is about helping people and I want to be helpful. And if somebody is having a struggle, you never know where that's coming from. Maybe they're having a bad day or something terrible happened in their life and that's why they're acting out. But I don't like the kind of culture of making fun of clients on social media. It, it, it feels a little bit um, contradictory to what we're all really trying to, trying to use social media specifically to do. Thank you for saying that. That's a, um, you know, I see, you know, in a lot of those realtor to realtor groups, we see a lot of that content and I would extend sure. it to the, the content that is, you know, putting down other agents in the space too. True, it makes, true. You know, it would make me less eager to want to do business with another brokerage, especially if I were a new agent who was just finding my, my, my footing. And I know that you and Jason could go kind of into, you know, a lot of the technical. So before we get into there, I want to ask um, if you have any advice for agents in helping to find their voice. I know that, you know, some agents are very formal, some are informal, some are kind of down and dirty, um, you know, looking at the property while others are kind of buttoned up and elegant. How does somebody 
do you have any advice for somebody who's trying to, you know, find their voice for the first time on social? Yeah, I think it's really, you know, starting, you don't need to invest thousands of dollars in hiring branding experts and things like that. It's really about thinking about what your values are and what feels most true to you. If you, you know, if you are somebody who is more buttoned up and if you're always wearing suits to meet your clients and you are more business forward, then that is part of your brand on social. Then you don't want to necessarily be posting, you know, here I am in my yoga clothes. But if you are somebody who is like, I have a client and I always use this example. I was actually, she was actually my real estate agent and now she's a client of mine, but we were, I was driving through my neighborhood one day when we were looking for a home and my my boyfriend was off doing something else and he wasn't available. And I drove by an open house and I said, Oh, this looks great. I called Kelly and I said, can you meet me here? And she was out riding bikes with her daughter in the neighborhood, but she said, sure, I'm bringing Avery. We'll be there in 15 minutes. And she showed up in her jeans with her daughter and they were totally casual, but that's the experience that you get when you hire Kelly to be your agent. She'll drop everything to meet you at that open house when she's out hanging out with her daughter. And if she were posting, if all she posted on social media were like glamorous selfies and mm -hmm. here I am in my suit, then that's asynchronous with the experience you're going to get when you hire her. Now, there are some people who are going to be attracted to that business formal mentality. And those are the people that you'll find if you put that out there. But if you say, hey, I'm the agent who's going to like ride bikes and I'll mm -hmm. drop everything to come out. Or if you're the agent who's going to help the client clean their house to turn it over to the sellers because their cleaning people canceled and they've got to get to closing day. Those are the types of things you want to share on social. So it's really thinking about who are you? What are your values? And putting that out there and not being afraid to alienate the people who won't vibe with that. Because those aren't your people. They're probably not going to enjoy working with you. And you probably won't enjoy working with them. So, you know, I say think about the things that are important to you and your values and start there. And the other thing that I've noticed as a professional services provider who is also working to promote my personal brand online is that sometimes you don't know what is going to resonate with your audience until you try it. I'm not saying throw spaghetti at the wall. But it is good to experiment a little bit, test and learn. I always like shopping at Target. You know, I am one of those people who can go into Target for one thing and I spend $300. And then I'm like, hey, I didn't know I needed all this home decor, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I never knew was part of my brand was that I like Target. But a couple times, and I also buy a lot of the props for our photo shoots there. So I started posting about that. And all of a sudden, people started responding to me and sending me Target jokes, memes, and, you know, really, oh, I love this, or here's what I bought at Target. And that was something that I found that I actually made a lot of interesting connections with people over. I did a funny post that was like, I like, you know, when I say I'm running errands, I'm really at Target, touching soft blankets and sniffing fall candles. And that was like one of my most liked posts, the most shared posts of 2020. So sometimes it's the little things that you don't think are that interesting about yourself that people are going to connect with you the most. And those connections might not seem like they're business connections, but if they help people remember who you are and that you sell real estate, that can come back to, you know, come back to your business bottom line eventually. Yeah. 
I think authenticity is super important. And that's kind of what you're, um, you're getting at right here with everything you're discussing as, you know, a strategy is, is be yourself and you'll find right. more people that can relate to who you are. They don't have to be the same as you. I mean, like diversity is great, like, but they can be people, yeah, they can be people that relate to you or relate to what you're saying, or they appreciate your tone. Um, you know, right. we've seen not just in real estate, but all the types of uh, Instagram accounts from specific types of influencers who basically mm -hmm. just, you look at their page and it's just their image in every single photo. Right. You know, it's a little exhausting. Maybe it works for them. You know, it's it's yeah. definitely not Rory and, and me. That's not who we are. So, you know, we're not going to lean into what we're not. Right. And, Absolutely. I say unless you're yeah. a fashion blogger, you don't need to be sharing your own photo every day. Right. Output of the output of the day doesn't matter in real estate. <laughs> I, I will say though, if you if you look at my inst my personal Instagram now, I just realized that all it is is our daughter plus the softball team we played on this year. Like literally the entire thing. <laughs> and like I probably need to post more pictures of her on the next home account because those are the ones everyone engages with. They love people, babies. They love kids. People love kids, kids and pets. <laughs> yeah, kids and pets. We had our our dog passed away last year, unfortunately. She was old. Oh. She she about 15 years old. Uh, mm -hmm. She had a great life. We loved her. And she, we totally could have milked that also like <laughs> for, for a long time. But you know, the, the next home, you can see Luke right there. Why don't you take a Luke off the wall? This is our, cor our, our mascot, which gets us oh. a, you know, a good amount of attention. This goes with all of our yeah. signs. So it's um, a touch bold. Was that based on your dog? No. So that no. is, um, that is one of the gifts from kind of the Nexo National branding. And oh, okay. it is, um, you know, an orange um, French bulldog named after the guy who came up with the idea. So it, <laughs> it, the, the name is not more profound than that. I didn't know that. So there's a Luke to so named it after himself. So the Nexo named it after Luke, who was on their um, their marketing um, vendor, who um, got it, come up with the branding, and mm -hmm. they were skeptical of the idea. So they turned around and named him that, so he would have to own his idea. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like the the dog is one thing that draws people into the brand. I didn't get Luke at first, like when we were first going considering next home. And then I, it fully hit me as to what it was all about. And it kind of draws people in. So let's talk a little bit more about the different types of social media that are out there. I know a lot of what we focus on is Instagram, at least with social mm -hmm. broker, and we repurpose a lot of the content on the other platforms as well. And, you know, we have original content that we write. We also have some other content that we publish, like things that are long form stories, for example, um, you know, we'll publish links out on Facebook and, and, um, yeah. and LinkedIn, but you know, Instagram doesn't allow you to link unless it's in your profile link or you're running an ad. Yeah. So, you know, and all the platforms have surprisingly different demographics these days. Like, you know, my, do. yeah, my job job is in the media. Like I, I sell a lot of digital advertising and, and marketing to small mm -hmm. and medium sized businesses here throughout new England. And we talk a lot about social and I've, I've read up on a lot of trends in social and, mm -hmm. you know, you might not, if you're not really in the space, you don't think that Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, which were kind of the big three, you know, just a few years ago, they always came out of people's mouths at the same time, right? But mm -hmm. they're they're distinct and different audiences. And then you weave LinkedIn, TikTok, Snapchat, um, you know, into the mix, Pinterest, and you're talking about a different audience for every one of them. So like, you're the social broker, 
All right. Social is all that stuff. Like, and it's more, if someone is like, where do I start? Like, there's all these places I have to post. Like, what, what do you recommend? If you're trying to reach consumers, I usually say Facebook and Instagram, they work well together. Mark Zuckerberg owns both of them. He's not going to make you choose one or the other. He wants you to be everywhere. And they really are complementary. You can post to Facebook and Instagram using the same software. It is pretty user-friendly to do. And you usually find different audiences slightly on Facebook and Instagram. For a realtor, you're going to have some overlap because, you know, your family and friends are probably going to follow you wherever you are. But for the most part, you'll have different people who are, you know, heavy users of each platform. Even on Instagram, you're going to have different people watching your stories than looking at your feed posts. Again, with some overlap. I think the other great place to be these days is LinkedIn. And that does not mean you need to be posting on LinkedIn every day or even every other day, but it comes up really, really high in a Google search. So if somebody is looking you up because they were referred to you by a friend or family, then you wanna have that accurate up-to-date presence there with your refreshed headshot, a clear cover photo. And for some people who had careers prior to real estate, you want to make sure the first thing on your LinkedIn profile is that you are a real estate agent. Or even if you do other things too, you want to make sure that's front and center and that it's really clear that you are currently busy. And it doesn't mean you need to like make yourself look extra busy, but share a market update, share some of your closed deals there. Um, it's definitely a little bit of a different strategy than Facebook and Instagram, where essentially you're entertaining consumers and educating. But I think those are sort of the new big three. Mm -hmm. And with TikTok and Snapchat and some of the other apps that are maybe newer and more, um, you know, more catered to younger demographics, I do think that there are important things to learn from those platforms, but I don't tell people that they need to be on them because you can do, you know, a lot of the same functions that you can do on Snapchat or TikTok on Instagram. And quite frankly, Instagram is doing it better. You know, TikTok is, I think, definitely gained a lot of ground in the beginning of the pandemic when people were stuck at home and it was a it's source of entertainment, especially when they weren't making new TV shows. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, the, you know, the, for example, in I think it was 2016, when Instagram rolled out stories, that was around the same time Snapchat came up. Instagram basically said, Oh, okay, you want shorter form content that's, you know, snackable and easy to watch. Great, we'll give you that. And then they took it and they did it better. And then, you know, we're sort of seeing the same thing with TikTok and Instagram Reels. So that's a great segue in, into Instagram Reels. I have a legitimate question I have to ask <laughs> about Instagram Reels. You talk about it a lot these days. Yeah. Like it's, it's definitely something that you're saying is super important. I get why it's super important. How does somebody do a strategy using Instagram Reels where you're not lip syncing to a crazy song, <laughs> create lip syncing to a crazy song, creating kind of like a mean meme also, like, you know, right. like you just kind of referenced. Uh, mm -hmm. dancing to something or pointing to words. I know you've done right. those before and you do a yeah. great job with this stuff too. You're, you're like, you're really meant for like your account, but like for someone that doesn't want to do that or sure. dance, like what, what do you do on yes. reels? That's a good point. I do things that I wouldn't recommend to an agent because I do social media, but I do also try to do things that I say here, you can replicate this in your business. 
But I think that reels first are not for everyone right now. I have talked to a lot of people who are just not ready to do it or who just don't want to do it. And that's okay if you have something else that's working for you. I think that reels first are, they are, like you said, I do think they're incredibly important because Instagram is giving them priority on the account. You know, there are different algorithms for reels and for feed posts and stories. But right now, Instagram has said that they are showing reels to people who are not following you. So if you do want to grow your following and reach more people, reels is an important piece of that strategy. Reels also, assuming that your face is in the reels, is another great way to kind of make that person-to-person human connection with, with individual followers. So that's also important. But if you're doing that well on stories and in your feed, and you don't feel like you're ready to, you know, to do reels, I'm all in favor of the walk before you run approach. I've been talking with, with potential clients lately who say, do I have to do this? And I say, let's get your feet in shape first, because if you're not doing the basics, we don't need to go to the advanced course right away. So it's, it's really a personal choice. Personally, for me, everyone says stories, and I shouldn't say everyone. There's a thought that stories is more important than feed posts. But I would say my feed posts get about 10 times the reach that my stories do. So I share stuff on stories that's really behind the scenes. I update my members of Social Broker because I know a lot of my members follow and communicate with me there. So I use stories to, you know, kind of share the behind the scenes, more intimate goings on in my business. And then when I have a new, you know, a new service or new product to talk about, or when I have an important update, or when I want to educate and really get a message across to a broader audience, I use my feed because that's still working for me. Mm-hmm. Reels have also performed nicely for me, not off the charts, but, you know, I, I'm also not as consistent about them because Something that people often forget about social media managers is that we are doing social media for a lot of accounts. So ours is always the last priority. <laughs> right. I make sure, you know, we, we can be the shoemakers with no shoes sometimes. So I don't make reels as often as I would like to. But I think it's really looking at what is what you're doing working for you now. One of my clients asked if he needed to do reels back in, I think, March or April. And I said, no, no, not, not yet. Now, now we're starting to see engagement lag a little bit. So you can bet I'm going to be telling him it's time to start pointing. <laughs> but how to do it without the dancing and the pointing? Original audio. So using it similarly, someone might use stories. I say go on once a week and give a quick tip and just say, hey, today we're talking about X. Here are three ways to do X and make it a really quick you know, it's you in front of the camera. There's definitely ways to make that more compelling using movement and text bubbles on the camera. But if you are looking to get started and you don't want to do, you know, kind of follow the trends, original audio, educating your audience is a never fail. In under 60 seconds, obviously, because reels have to be shorter, the better. Yep. Yeah. We are going to be doing some reels on our account. I actually have what we our starting point is going to be with, um, these podcast interviews. So we have a bunch of interviews and we have a bunch of podcasts mm-hmm. that we've recorded where we're working with a producer who has cut up little snippets into under 60 second clips. And those are going to start coming out soon. And they're all, they're little educational morsels basically yep. from the podcast episode. So it's just, 
it's the next evolution to our doing pointing and dancing videos. <laughs> uh, you saw our Instagram live that we did this weekend. Like it was the first one that, that we did. Um, That's it, great. Was, it was me bringing uh, us on a people on a tour of a new rental property that we purchased. So mm-hmm. and Rory didn't even know that I was doing it. He was inside painting and I just did the whole thing outside. And I'm like, Oh, we just went live on Instagram. So uh, if I weren't dressed in the worst painting clothes ever, actually, that would have been a good, you know, good hands-on photograph if that was in line with our voice. Um, <laughs> so actually with, with Instagram reels and perhaps if I were to, you know, we have a nice listing coming on later on this week. I'm going to be at the property mm-hmm. in a couple of days. Um, yeah. What are some good ideas for an agent to, you know, who's dipping their toe into what are some like nice, easy videos that we could take that would be um, Instagrammable? Um, yeah, so those behind the scenes property tours are great for reels. And my advice is to think of it as really short clips versus a walkthrough. So on reels, or sorry, on stories, we've all been doing the maybe voice narrated where you've got your phone and you're kind of walking through saying like, and here's this beautiful kitchen. For reels, you want to be really short and snappy, like a pan the room really quick two seconds and then you'll clip that together with clips from all around the property and then you could use text overlays to say you know three bedroom three bath you know four hundred and fifty thousand um this many square feet not in boston it's (laughs) (laughs) i I was trying to think where can you get a three bedroom (laughs) omaha maybe um, (laughs) but no in um quick snappy quick snappy short videos Using trending audio when possible is always good. And then anytime there's sort of like a fun transition or fast movement, that's always really um, well-received by most audiences. I've seen that for my realtors and for a staging company. We did a fun behind the scenes where there was a song that kind of had a transition where it was like like a Mm -hmm. kind of a quick like clap, clap. And when that happened we just switched the from the before clip to the after clip and that had almost 7000 views on an account that has i think 650 followers oh wow it's a newer newer account right and so then when we did a property tour like a photo slideshow video for them totally tanked (laughs) so it's really about kind of finding that good balance between kind of the short snappy quick visual the trending mm-hmm. audio, and then of course, you know, having something that's just visually interesting, like a transition, or um, I think like the the reveal of a before and after is always good if you are you know staging a property or renovating a property or something like that. The transitions, like the the hand on the camera or the you know the that thing, like where people suddenly there's a reveal afterward. Those are fun. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they might also feel silly, but yeah. sometimes it's okay to, you know, try things that are a little outside the box. Um, most people aren't going to think one thing is like weird. I, one of my clients did a transition reel where we did the hand on the camera and they just, you know, it was the first time they'd been together as a team in a while and they were dressed up for a photo shoot. So we said, let's have some fun with this. It's not something that like, if they did it all the time, people might be like, okay, when are they selling real estate? Right. But once in a while, just try something fun. It's like, okay, they're just having fun with social media. Yeah. There's, there's some stuff on social that seems so, so well thought out that you're like, how do you have time for this thing? Like, you know, it's like, right. Jesus, like, 
but you know, hey, what works works. And I mean, you know, like if you catch lightning in a bottle and the algorithm like really takes it off and and shows it to lots of people, then right, you know, that then clearly you put an engaging post out there. It's true. Um, the one thing I oh sorry, the one ahead. thing I do kind of add to that as like the devil's advocate, social media person is you know when somebody says like if something works, you might get a thousand views on something, you might get 1500 likes on something, but that doesn't necessarily mean 1500 new clients or 1500, you know, new sales. So obviously in real estate, it's a longer nurture for, um, you know, new leads in some industries, 1500 likes really might translate to, you know, a bunch of new people trying out your product. If you're selling, I would say if I'm, if you're selling shoes, I'm giving you much different advice on social media than I'm giving mm-hmm. in the professional services space, particularly real estate it's hard not to get caught up in the vanity metrics of views and likes and, and even comments sometimes. But really at the end of the day, it's, am I using social media in a way that is helping my current clients and prospective clients engage with me? One of my clients said once, I don't care about getting new leads on Instagram, but I want the people who should use me to remember that I'm in real estate. And I really liked that because that is exactly the purpose that social can serve. One thing I've noticed also since posting episodes of the podcast on Instagram is, is it, maybe it's the pandemic as well, mm-hmm. but you know, cause we don't see people that much anymore, you know, with a right. baby in a pandemic, like you're just kind yeah. of bunkered down and we're all staring at our screens, but you know, mm-hmm. the little bit of time that like things weren't locked down, you know, in the past right. few months, like I'd bump into some folks and they know that we did the podcast. They'd see it on social, whether it's shared on Rory's account or like my personal account, uh, it always seems to come up early in conversation. So, you mm-hmm. know, I, I know the algorithms love video. And I think that's one of the things that has kind of helped the exposure, at least in my opinion, mm-hmm. is by putting videos like this up on social. Uh, and it's partly why when we relaunched the podcast last year, I don't even know what year mm-hmm. it is anymore. Whenever we relaunched, I think we relaunched it this year. We, we decided to do it as a video podcast instead of audio. Yeah. only Because it first came out two years ago as an audio only podcast. Um, right. I had all this great equipment. I got I got a Zoom recorder. I got all these fancy microphones, awesome. and um, and we did eight episodes, and then we had a baby, and we're like, all right, well, let's put that aside for now. Right. Um, right. And and then we just revisited it this year, and and here we are. Perfect. Um, so, so I'm glad you so did. Before we get into the final wrap up, I wanted to ask a little bit about like what's next for you and the social broker. Um, you know, you mentioned a little bit about the managed social programs that you're doing. Like, mm-hmm. do you is there a plan to evolve into other industries as well? I mean, you don't have to reveal too much if there's secrets yeah. out there, but you you do it so well, and I'd imagine that there's other need out there. In I certainly businesses. hope so. Yes, yes. I know that there have been quite a few mortgage brokers who have inquired asking mm-hmm. when I'm going to launch for mortgage. So that's certainly something that is on the horizon. Um, essentially, I'm working on, um, you know, a, a little bit behind the scenes. I'm working on buttoning up my tech on the back end a little bit so that I can more easily replicate this for other industries where there's demand. But in the meantime, you know, recently, kind of made some changes to the the managed social media programs that I offer in order to better, you know, better serve clients more efficiently. Um, so we're really just excited about that and finishing the year strong for our members. Um, we had on the more kind of granular level, we had a great content photo shoot yesterday out in the suburbs here in Chicago, taking some fall, fall content. We have plans in place for holiday content. So 
we have lots of fun, exciting things in the works on both kind of the front and back end. Can't wait to see that. I'm sure it's coming out in the next couple of membership uh, issues, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. My, my photographer was just texting me, and I want to say, like, enough with the chit chat. Let's get to editing. <laughs> <laughs> do, I wouldn't do, you, do that. I wouldn't do that. But I'm so excited to see the photos. <laughs> do you have plans to get into like content for the legal space? I mean, like law social is so boring. Sorry, yeah, possibly. <laughs> No, don't apologize. I mean, talk about two different industries that I'm in. Um, you know, the law pr- law practice in real estate. The, mm-hmm. You know, one has you know some really buttoned up and progressive and interesting marketing, and right. the other is, you know, if some of them still think that the yellow pages are a thing. So it's it's a really um, it's a two very different industries. Very true. But yes, that is one of the industry, you know, I think, I think really any professional services industry would be well served by something like this, because if you're a busy business owner, you know, social media is important and it really can impact the bottom line, but it's a lot of work to do correctly. Yeah. Well, you do it very well. And, you know, I hope that, I hope that you're able to, you know, not overextend yourself as you kind of grow your business as well and figure out some of your internal systems so you can grow efficiently. Um, let me go through the final wrap up if you don't mind. It's the uh, sure. three questions that we ask all of our guests. Um, I'm going to spring them on you. I don't know. I, I think I told them <laughs> to you a few weeks ago, but uh, if you need more time, I could stall. Uh, and then we'll get into where we could find you online. So the first question is if okay. you had to speak for 30 minutes on stage with zero preparation, don't say social media, uh, what would that subject be? Like something just zany that maybe you're just super into, like Target. Uh, I, I was just going to say, I, unfortunately, I know the answer to this really quickly. Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> Grey's Anatomy. All right. I still watch it. <laughs> is it on like, it's like season 20 or something crazy, right? I think 18 is starting this week. Oh my God. Yeah. I almost like, like it, there's like, I, I don't like to admit it, but then I think there's a whole underground, you know, world of people who are still quite, quite into Grey's Anatomy and I am one of them. <laughs> is, is I just remember McDreamy and McSteamy. Like, are they still <laughs> around or no? No, no. Very much not. Okay, well. They, they were check killed out the, off long ago. They were. Uh, there's probably a subreddit on, uh, on Crazy Anatomy I should check out. Uh, <laughs> all right, number two. Tell us something that happened early in your life or your career that impacts the way that you're working today. For example, when you made the pivot over to the social broker, like was there something at your previous job or something like that? Yeah, I mean, my previous career was in PR and social media marketing, but on the corporate side. And I think I, you know, it really helped prepare me for the, um, for what I'm doing now. I really, um, you know, I've always had the entrepreneurial streak, but it was definitely super helpful to have that corporate experience. And now that I am managing social for individual clients, I'm able to take that corporate experience and really apply what works on accounts that have, you know, 200,000 followers or a million followers to accounts that are, you know, still growing. Um, And really vice versa for a short time while I was building the social broker as a side hustle, if you will, I had a corporate job and taking a lot of the sort of basic fundamental principles of social media and applying it back to a, a bigger account was also interesting. But I think, you know, it's really, you know, I admire people who kind of just say, I'm going to do social media and start their social media business out of nowhere. But I think, um, you know, the, my corporate experience is a huge bonus for my clients. Right. It's like the barrier to entry is low, but, you know, to do it well, you have to have some background. 
Sure. Um, and finally, besides Grey's Anatomy, what else are you listening to or reading or watching these days? Oh, man. What are we, you know, I really wish I listened to more podcasts. Obviously, I listen to my favorite real estate podcasts, but <laughs> I, I would like to find some new ones to listen to because while I'm driving, I recently got a car for the first time ever living in the city. I've never had one. And so now that I'm driving more, I need to find some better podcasts. Um, we watch all the new, you know, whatever the new Netflix shows are. And I'm trying to think of something we recently watched. We just watched clickbait. And that was, pretty, yes. Wasn't that pretty, amazing? Pretty, pretty twisty and turny. That was good. I, we thought, I thought I figured it out multiple times and it just kept Me too. turning. Yeah. Yeah. I did not see where it was going and I won't ruin it for people that are listening to this. <laughs> yeah. Um, we just finished motel makeover. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. You have to, you would love it. Okay. All right. I, I think yeah. that needs to go on the list. Yes. It's a, it's a quick six episodes. And there's a, there's a term from that that we now use that we've used mm-hmm. in, in the new Airbnb that we're doing called Junify because the, yeah. the, the motel is called the June, like the letter of the word J-U-N-E, the month. Yeah. Um, and to, it's like a concept to Junify something. And you, when you see the, mm-hmm. when you see the show, you'll kind of get what Junifying means. We're not using the exact same colors it's, of Junifying, no. but. Yeah, <laughs> but to, but to give you a vague sense, is to take something that's old and stale and make it Instagrammable. So yeah, that's that's what they're yeah. they're professionals at. On the list, love it, Maris. I really appreciate this. This is such a great conversation. I hope that you enjoyed being here. We really loved hosting you here on yeah, the Real Estate yeah. Podcast. We're gonna put all this info and in all the show notes. Um, but how can people find you if they want to reach out and say hi? Well, I am always on Instagram at <laughs> the dot social dot broker. And my website is thesocialbroker.com. And an excellent website it is. Rory, where can you be found? Um, well, on Instagram at Next Home Titletown Real Estate. But you can also check me out at nexthometitletown.com or urbanvillagelegal.com. Great. And you can find me at Jason at nexthometitletown.com or uh, on Instagram also. My name is Jason Muth there, no period. So thank you, everybody. Thank you, Maris, for joining us. This uh, episode yeah, has you. been a fun chat. And we'll look forward so to we'll look forward to having you back in the future to talk about the ever evolving world of social media. Everyone else listening, thank you so much for listening. Thanks for making it this far on the podcast. We certainly hope that you'll join us for another episode in the future. So, bye. This has been the Real Estate Law Podcast because real estate is more than just pretty pictures, and law goes well beyond the paperwork and courtroom arguments. We're powered by Next Home Title Town. Greater Boston's progressive real estate brokerage. More at nexthometitletown.com. And Urban Village Legal, Massachusetts Real Estate Council, serving savvy property owners, lenders, and investors. More at urbanvillagelegal.com. Today's conversation was not legal advice, but we hope you found it entertaining and informative. Discover more at realestatelawpodcast.com. Thank you for listening.